What's up, let's learn software engineering family. My name is Roy, also known as Veslav on the internet. Today we have an interview with Walker Case. He is a hobbyist programmer working on Tribal Trouble Remastered. Link is down in the description to see his website. So without further ado, let's get started with the interview. So... Walker, tell me something about yourself. Yeah, I actually live in Texas. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I pretty much just work a full-time job, come home, work some more, and hopefully make a living off of it. Alright, so how did you get started with programming? That's a bit of a longer story. As far as that, um, programming, I didn't really start until I was about 12. But as far as wanting, having the motive to do that, that came around when I was about five years old. I remember we had 64, and I would play that thing all the time. And I guess, you know, after my first couple of games, it just dawned on me that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, yeah, once I was 12, I just started looking into writing programs. And from there, you just build up your knowledge and do stuff with that knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So what kind of projects did you start on when you uh, knew you were going oh, to? Oh man, I did. I have started on, oh, I've done quite a few projects. I have too many Git repos and backup files to even look at. Um, my first projects were mostly quality of life things, such as, like, I had one that I needed to build a file a very specific file for a very specific thing, but I needed to do it often. So I just wrote a program to go ahead and do that every minute or so, just as a, a basic program, as far as one of my first ones. Uh, after a while, that started developing into programs uh, relying on networking and more complicated ideas like that, such as reflection. Um, and then after a while, I would just start messing around with stuff. And one of them that I remember doing a while back was, well, can we make a HTTP server in Java? And as it turns out, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> and why is that? It, it's, uh, it's just, there's better ways to do it. If, if I were to do it all over again, I would just recommend stick with Apache. Make it easy on yourself because someone else has already done it and they know more of what they're doing than you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that is one of my base philosophies. If someone has already done it, don't do it yourself unless you absolutely have to. Like uh, sockets and file management, you can usually do those with Apache utils or even the ones that uh, Java has built into it or other languages. They also have their own libraries and such for it. All right, that's cool. So uh, you've talked about uh, your current project. Uh, Tribal Trouble Remastered. Uh, how did you get involved uh, with that? Like, did you find it somewhere? That is actually... Well, uh, Tribal Trouble, actually, it's an older game. I played it when I was little. Um, and I just remember one day, it was... I remember just looking around, and I just had the idea to see if the game was still around. And turns out it wasn't, but it turns out they had the, uh, the source out in the public it was open sourced at that point and a couple weeks later maybe a month afterwards i just had the idea to start working on it and that's actually where 
you, Roy, actually, you came into that and said, hey, let's actually do this, and just kind of built up from there. Yeah, that's true, because I, I had the actual, the actual same thing. I was like, oh, hey, that's cool. I've heard of GitHub before, and it's on here right now, and let's see if I can uh, get it working, like the single player and stuff like that. And I already saw yeah. a couple of people uh, trying to do that already. And, yeah, uh, I did notice that there yeah, were awesome. quite a few attempts at getting it started, but it never seems like they made it past the SQL database for some point. Yeah, I mean, it's set up fairly weirdly, but it's not anything so odd that, you know, looking at the source code, you wouldn't be able to figure out what it's trying to do. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I mean, it, it's a great learning looking at older games code so that you can see how it was done then and then compare it to the modern day and seeing, oh, a lot of this has changed in, you know, just these couple of years. Yeah, we've come a long way in software development. <laughs> yes, it is continually evolving. Yeah. So how long have you been working on this project so far? Uh, it's been around two years, I think, now. Yeah, I started about two years ago, uh, I think it was October or November. And then, you know, at first it was just minor work getting the SQL database set up. And then after that, it was getting the multiplayer working. And then after that, it was actually getting the multiplayer working to a usable <laughs> point, because at that time it would crash every time you would log in or something like that. And, you know, once you get that part of it done and you really understand deep down into the code what's going on, you can build on top of that as far as what you're actually, uh, you know, your end goal as far as what you want to do with that. Oh, yeah, I get it. So it's like almost two years that you've been working on it. Yeah, I think it's actually been a little bit over two years. But, yeah, coming up this December, it'll be around three years. So we're getting oh, there. Three years. Okay. I see. So um, looking back at all those years, do you have any regrets about picking up this project? Not this project, no. This is actually the only project, or I should say the only, one of the only projects that I actually want to publish. Most of my projects I consider learning experiences, and it's usually something that you'll find that you wouldn't assume that you could do, and you're just thinking, let me see if I can actually pull this off. But with Trouble Trouble Remastered, it's not, can I pull this off? It's, I'm going to pull this off, and I'm going to release this game. So it's like, once you're really determined to, to get it going, you will find a way. Yeah, man, it's not just a, uh, a learning experience. I mean, this is more of, this is going to be my first big project to actually release to the public. That's awesome. And uh, you already have like a community, right? Yes, uh, we have around 350 members so far right now. That's And we haven't even released or advertised. That's awesome. Are all of them old players? I believe so, right? No, actually, most of them are new players, surprisingly. Oh, uh, we do have a lot of old players, but I've had quite a few messages from people um, that might have you know, just seen uh, the Facebook page or something like that and, you know, thought it was an interesting concept. That's awesome. 
-hmm. like the way people discover things these days are way different than before i remember uh i found tribal trouble to through source forge which is like an like an uh, repository yeah. of all kinds of programs and i was just looking for games for mac to play because my yeah, parents only day. had mac and there there were not uh, too many games available so yeah and i remember back in the day source for just kind of sketchy too <laughs> yeah it's for some some programs it was yeah it's good now though just to clarify yeah i know like I believe they're using GitHub as like a, a way to to do the releases on, right? Or am I wrong? I don't know about that. I just know a while back SourceForge was actually bought. Uh, they had a new owner buy it, and then you know they just kind of went from there, and they don't really have the, as many issues as they used to have as far as viruses. Oh, that's that's great though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at at. Which times of the day do you usually go to, uh, on your projects? Whenever I have time. Like That's always. one of the things. Sometimes you're going to have to make time. Um, it's not always whenever I have time. Sometimes I just like to relax. Um, but working a full-time job, it's mostly after work or you know during the weekends as well, whenever I have some spare time to actually work on it. All right. Do you ever code at night? Absolutely. <laughs> when I can. Or when there's one issue that you just can't fix, and it's one of those that you're going to have to stare at for a couple of days before it makes sense. Oh, yeah. I've had those before. Do you think it's like a common thing to for software developers to code at nighttime? Uh, as far as that... I would say the stereotype is yes. Realistically speaking, though, most programmers are going to be in a business setting in an actual office. And those are usually, you know, nine to five or somewhere around there as far as business hours. Mm-hmm. I would say the majority actually work daytimes as far as like professionally wise. But hobbyists, I'm sure more of them would work overnight compared to uh, people who do it professionally. I think for students, maybe a lot of them would do nighttime, of course, because <laughs> because they have deadlines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think for professionals, they do make long hours and long days and code in the evenings. But I think most of them would never code at night because they would be like, "Oh, there's another day tomorrow," unless it keeps them yeah. awake, of course. But. I think it's not a healthy thing to do since you also have like the diffuse mode of your brain where it just starts processing things in a much broader way and that only activates when you're not focused on doing your your thing. You just have to wait a while. Honestly, the the best um, experience that I've had with programming as far as something like that, uh, listening to music. Just don't worry about the code so much. Just try and focus on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The listening to music as well. And th- just think about all the other possibilities. You know, just tune out the environment and only focus on what you're trying to accomplish. And nine times out of ten, that gets me to my goal. Oh, that's a great tip. 
I'm sure I will be using that soon. <laughs> yeah, it helps I, out a I lot. I never tried it like that. I usually just go for a walk, take take some something to drink or a snack. Yeah, that helps too. That's really only when you want to majorly buckle down. You plan on sitting down for the next five, six hours at a time, mm. working on one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so what kind of advice would you have for someone who is just starting out as a programmer? Maybe like, uh, a younger person, um, so, who didn't go yeah. to school yet or older people who are, have a full-time job and want yeah. to get started. So with this, um, the first thing I'm going to say, don't expect to be able to write programs within the first week of learning it. it. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to spend months, years at this before you majorly get down the details that you need to start doing what you need to. Um, as far as learning it, I would say the best way to learn it, you, I would start reading up on the basics, such as what is an integer? What is a Boolean? What's a string? How do these work? Why would you use these types in these specific places? And then after that, Start looking up programs that you would want to make, such as how do I move a file from this location to another? And look up, you know, that and how to do it in whatever language you're trying to do and learn from that. And that's usually how you find guides on how to do very specific things. But those are the things that you're going to be using most often. So once you learn how to move a file or how to create a UI, odds are you're probably not going to have to revisit that but once or twice in your career, at least for simple stuff like that. So basically, just just start really low level and then build yes. on top of that and iterate. Learn the basics. That. Yep, learn the basics and then start with an idea. Don't just jump into programming with no idea of what you're going to make, because you're not going to have an end goal and your program's not going to work because you don't have an end goal. Whenever you write something, always have that end goal. What is this supposed to do? And then you can work on making it actually do that. Yeah. Right. And then also like um, never giving up and just knowing that you will learn it eventually. Yes, absolutely. Persistence is a big one. Like I said, I've been doing this since I was 12. It's been about eight years now, eight or nine years. Oh, yeah, so, that's, that's yeah. a long time already. There's Persistent. also people who who have been working 40 hours of, uh, or 40 years rather. Yeah, and even if you've been working a long time, I mean, programming changes all the time. So it's always something that, you know, you can have continual development on it and learning and stuff like that. So just read forums, you know, take your, read your resources, go to Stack Overflow. And if you know somebody who knows more about programming than you and you're wanting to get into it, ask them some questions as far as, hey, where do you think I should start at for this? Or, you know, see if they have any ideas as far as, you know, if you run into issues, see if they know anything about it. And they can generally point you into the right direction as far as what you're looking for. That's great advice. And so I have one last uh, question for you. Like, mm -hmm. from my experience, you're working on a, a laptop or a PC. But do you think uh, a phone could be used for programming? Or would you think most of the time it's like more of a distraction when you get all these notifications, messages? Would you rather turn off your phone or... Do you think you could actually use it as a tool for something? 
So you could use your phone for programming theoretically, but the problem is that the speed of your input due to the on-screen keyboard is going to be a lot less compared to with a traditional monitor, like a traditional desktop PC setup. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, that keyboard also takes up part of your visual space to see your code. So you'll be limited to a couple of lines as far as what you can actually deal with. And that just doesn't help when you're looking at, you know, multiple hundreds of lines of code that you need to figure out, you know, how to get all those working together. So maybe in the future, possibly, but as of right now, it's just not viable. And in case you already have like a laptop or a PC to code on, would you recommend to like basically throw away your phone because it will distract you otherwise? Or did you ever experience any issues with that? Or is that not a thing for you? If you're getting distracted from your phone, turn it off. (laughs) I'm just going to put it like that. If something is distracting you from what you're trying to do and it's nothing important and you really need to do it, just turn it off. Don't look at it. Ignore it. You know, that's just, that's just self-control. That's just something that you'll have to learn. Yeah, that's that's something I've seen in college like a lot during projects. People would just be like, "Oh, uh, I I I have this book, but let's first check Instagram." And then I'm like, "Yeah, one thing I, to I say about <laughs> one thing to say about that in college: listen to your professor, because odds are they're the ones who have been there and done that and been in those situations, and odds are they actually know what they're talking about. So you should probably listen to them." and learn from their experience and they'll probably you know be more than happy to share some of their mistakes and you can learn off of that as well as far as what not to do yeah well some teachers are pretty good like that but some will just try to to find a solution but not actually uh help you like they will come up with shitty solutions like have you tried this have you tried that and then uh, it feels like and, you are the expert as opposed to the teacher. Yeah. So well, some teachers could be be hard to give in to the fact that they yeah. don't know everything. So that's also a thing to take well, into account there. Yeah, well, they're not going to know everything. And one of the things with that specific teaching style, as far as saying, well, have you tried this? Uh, I actually don't do that. Whenever I teach someone, I will teach you you know, as far as making sure you know the basics and all that, but if you're stuck on one specific problem, and I can obviously see an issue like your IDE is pointing out a problem, or it's something like you're not getting a connection to the database like you thought you were, I'm going to tell you to figure it out, because that's what programming is. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to solve the problem on your own eventually, and you're going to have to learn the skills, you know, the analytical skills to actually find out where that issue is coming from, what's causing it, and how to solve that. Now, that's not saying that you shouldn't rely on help sometimes, but, you know, every now and then you're going to have to figure it out yourself. Yeah, that's true. I think that's that's spot on. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was it for me. Thanks so much for this interview. And maybe we will see you next time on the show. Sure thing. Thank you for having me. As we have said in the interview, it's always good to have people around you who can help you build your projects or... Uh, give you advice on how to build your projects. So that's why we have a Discord server with all sorts of developers out there who could help you build your projects. So click the link in the description and we will be seeing you there. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Uh, we will be doing more of those interviews. And I will talk to you guys in the next one.